You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit for only $3. And any size soft drink for just a dollar. And you'll get your day started on a high note. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Blog Talk Radio. Stopping my shine They try to break me, try to take me out But I got Jesus on my side So bad I thought it would die But ain't no power stronger than the one that came and laid on his life And I got mountains to climb But the enemy can't stop me Cause there's a calling on my life So when I'm crying, don't last too long Cause he gon' step in and make it alright Won't he do it? He said he would
Good evening. Welcome to Blessings All Day Radio. It's Thursday night, Thursday, June the 18th to be exact. 2020, we are in the Apple Valley Studios tonight, recruited to the acclaimed Bishop, founder, and overseer of the Greater All Nations Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is our weekly Food for the Soul Bible study session tonight, tonight, tonight. Now, I want to ask you guys, do you know why Bible study is so important? Well, of course, you can't answer me right now because I can't hear your thoughts. And I can't hear what you're saying. What I've come up with, every time I think about why do we have to study the Bible, why do we have to read it and learn from it and get an understanding? Now, in the Christian community, because we're Christian, we're apostolic, that's the doctrine that we believe in. So for us, in the Christian community, Bible study is the study of the Bible for ordinary people. That gives us a personal, religious, and spiritual practice of knowledge for God's word. Now, other denominations, they may call it devotion or devotional act. However, there are still some denominations that devotion has other different meanings as well. But for us, I thought about it, and I think that we study the Bible to get a clearer understanding and also to have growth with the relationship with God. Because let me tell you right now, no matter how many times you read, say, John 101, in the beginning was the word, that scripture. You can read it 17 million times, and each time you read it, the words in the Bible aren't going to change, but God's going to give you a greater understanding each and every time you read it. 17 million times later, you're still going to learn something new. That's the purpose of the Bible. The Bible stands for, well, actually, the Holy Bible stands for, He only left you basic instructions before leaving earth. That means the Bible is our tool. It is our roadmap. It is our guide to how we are to model our life after Jesus. So that way, when he comes back for his church, we're going to be caught up with him in the air. Now, that's going to be a glorious time when we all get to be caught up in the air with him. And he's coming back for a ready church, not a get ready church, not a partial ready church, not a half, this, that, and the third. Because God says, don't get to ready. You have to already be ready. Now, a lot of you don't understand, and some of you do, that God comes back every day. When somebody passes away, that was their time. That's when God came back for them. But when God comes back as a whole for his church, his ready people, his believers, his followers, that will be a day when everyone who's followed him and done what he's asked of them to do, they will all be able to go together at that time frame. And this is why Bible study is so important on Thursday night, because we get to learn so much information that we can take it, dissect it, study it later, fast on it, eat on it, pray on it, and continue to grow on it, as well as when we read our Bible daily on our own. Some people have Bibles on a tablet, a cell phone, you know, certain scriptures on my phone pop up. So we all have our ways to study, and there is no certain way to study. There is no mandated way. You study whichever way makes you comfortable, just like your relationship with God is your relationship. Can't no one tell you how to have a relationship with God. Nobody can tell you what your relationship should be like because everyone's relationship with God is different. But now your bishop or your pastor, your apostle, your, your, your church leader, they are going to guide you and direct you the way God would have your life to go because he's going to speak to them and tell them what you should know. And based on what they're telling you, then that's how you are to go ahead and pray about it. And then you follow what has been given for the guidelines because God has never made a mistake. He's never at fault. He's the only person to have sent his son down here to walk the face of the earth 
that never made a single mistake, not one, not a spot, blemish, or wrinkle. He was pure white without a wrinkle to his name, not a stain on his name, the only perfect specimen. And he created us to be liking in his image, to follow in his footsteps, and we should. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to me tonight. Don't forget, we are celebrating again. I said I was going to mention it. We are celebrating our Bishop 59th, 59th pastor anniversary. So we're so elated for that because we're celebrating virtually that our church is celebrating 59 years. He is our leading founder, and we're grateful for that. Ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour, Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. God bless. Thank you. Amen. God bless you in video land. We're grateful tonight, amen, to come to you once again, amen, for food, for a thought. Thank God, amen, for my granddaughter sharing her testimony with you also tonight. We are blessed by the power of the Lord tonight, and we're certainly blessed by, amen, just by being in the land of the living uh, in this circumstances that we are going through with. Let us pray, amen, much for all the nations tonight, amen. Let us not forget, even this is, amen, uh, Thursday night, and we bring you food for a thought. Well, let's pray for our nation because our nation is in trauma tonight, in a turmoil, and we don't seem to see it getting any better. And those of you, amen, uh, is listening tonight, remember, amen, this coronavirus is not over with. Seem like the second wave is somewhat hitting different parts of our country. And let us be very careful and very prayerful. And let us obey our governments, amen, our mayors that is trying to keep us safe. But most of all, amen, let us listen to the voice of Jesus Christ. I'm going to bring to you tonight, amen, the word of God as I normally do. Amen. We're coming from Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2 tonight, and 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, and 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, and 1 John 2 and 15. Let me start at Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you... Therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewingness of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Second Corinthians six fourteen through eighteen. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Balaam? Or what profit, what part has he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, and I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my peoples. 
Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separated, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Second Corinthians 7 and 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dear beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, preferring holiness in the fear of God. First Peter 1, 15 and 16. But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. First John 2 and 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I read you these best verses, amen. And let us consider them food for our thoughts tonight. Second Corinthians, amen, 16 and 17 says, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separated, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you. Our God, amen, that we serve in is a clean God. Our God that we serve in is a holy God. And he is talking to his people. And he's letting us know, amen, that if we are going to be his people, there is a way that we are to present our lives before the world and before him. I beseech you, I ask you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Your body is to be alive unto God, dead unto sin, but alive unto God. The writer is asking us today as the believers of Jesus to come out of the world. We are in this world, but we are not to believe of the world. And they were letting us know, amen, that as believers, we must come out of the world. We cannot show, amen, ourselves the same way we were before we gave ourselves to Jesus Christ. We cannot do the same things that we did, nor can we think the same way that we thought, amen, when we were without Jesus Christ. There is a difference between Amen, holy and unholy, clean and unclean. So the Lord is saying, amen, come out of this world. Amen, and present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Our bodies have to be acceptable unto God. We can't offer the Lord no anything, any kind of way. Uh, We have to live a certain way that our bodies is acceptable unto the Lord. We can't live idle and foolish and calm-minded every day and expect, amen, God is the answer of our prayers. Our lives, amen, ought to be dedicated to the Lord. 
Our ways ought to be dedicated. And be not conformed to this world. Don't be like the world. We, amen. We don't been like the world. We don't act like the world, and we don't did like the world. But be ye transformed. Now it's time, amen, for the believers is to set their affection on things above and not on things of this earth. And we see the time is winding up, amen. Our affection as believers, amen, ought to be up above. Not so much of what's, amen, what we can accumulate here on earth, but our faith ought to be on things which is above. Now, there are certain chemistry, amen, elements just do not mix. Although oil and water are in the same content, they will not collage or blend. They retain their individual identity even when they're brought into contact. Oil and water just will not mix. And that let us know, amen, likewise, God and sin will not mix or blend under any circumstance. God and sin just will not mix. I don't care how we try to bring it together, if they are not going to mix. They are unequally yoked together. And that is what the word of God is telling us tonight. The nature of God is holy. And sin is inheriting evil. The nature of God is holy, good, righteous, pure. But amen, sin is a horror and it is evil, it's bad, it's destructive. That's the nature of sin. Therefore, it is necessary for a believer to separate himself from the world and its lust. As I said, we, we living in the world, amen, but we don't have to be of this world, separate yourself from the sin of this world and its lust. As saying of God does not, does not, amen, uh, 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 should not, amen, if there come a secular record, come on and amen, and that record, amen, that they have heard when they was in the world, amen, when it began to play and it sounds good, they should not give heed to that. Don't give a place to the devil. Amen. A Christian must, amen, should be aware that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Our bodies is where the Lord himself dwells. And he dwells not on the outside anymore, praise the Lord, but he dwells on the inside of our bodies. He dwells in our heart, in our mind, and in our soul, our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we don't want to defile God's body. We don't want to defile God's temper. If God is to uh, remain resident in our soul, it is necessary for us to live godly, even in the midst of a perverse society. We know that this is a crooked society. But if the Lord is in you, we are to live a godly life, life in society that somebody may see the God that is living within you. No matter how bad things may hurt you, you still must live a godly life in society. When you don't have the answer, 
You may be bleeding and hurting yourself. You say, Jesus will fix it. Not throwing your opinions up or what you think. Because the Lord has everything in control. All those sin and ungodliness are as old as history of mankind. The scripture admonishes us to come out of the world and separate ourselves from its sinful lifestyle. Now, amen, listen. Just because everything says that it is a Christian organization and it is a Christian thing, it doesn't mean, amen, God is pleased with it. Come out of the world and be separated. Just because people call on the name of Jesus, it don't mean that Jesus is there. My beloved, the origin of sin was pride in the very beginning. It was rebellious, and it was disobedient, which caused the mankind to fall in Eden. And that was the beginning, amen, of disobedience, disobeying the commandments of God. Pride got in the way, rebellious, stubbornness, and disobeying God's law. Got us in the shape, amen, that we are in tonight. However, God has restored fellowship between him and mankind through the redemption. Thank God for restoring fellowship. Amen. We were cut off from the Lord. But God has restored fellowship with us. Individuals should forsake the old life of sin in order to fully appreciate and maintain that holy fellowship. Amen. We ought to forsake the old man and his deeds. And maintain, amen, that holy fellowship. Don't let nothing, amen, bring your thoughts lower than holiness. Don't don't come and stoop no lower than holiness because the Lord himself will not stoop any lower than being holy. When Moses led the people of Israel out of Egypt, God gave him his law and ordinance, which he he required them to obey if they were to please him. God just gave us his commandment. If you love me, you will keep my commandment. We got a law. How many of us as believers is obeying the commandments of Jesus Christ? The dispensation, amen, the law existed then. For many countries until the cross, which opened up the way of redemption through the grace of God. Amen. When the law, it was given. Amen. But when Jesus Christ came, Jesus fulfilled the law. And he brought grace in. What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abide? God forbids us to continue in sin. Amen. We are living in grace. 
We are living under grace. We are not living under the law. For what the law could not do in that it was weak, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and condemned sin in the flesh. We are living under grace. Thank God for grace, the goodness, the miracles of God himself. While the nations around Israel worshiped many idols, the people of God was called to worship only the one true God. Listen, there is not but one God, one true God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. God does not want us to be bowed down to no idols and idolatries. He is the only supreme God, amen, that we as believers should bow down to. That is, his name is called Jesus. His name is Jesus. He is the only true God that we should bow down to and should worship. For God is a spirit. And they that worship him, they must worship him in spirit and in truth. Come out of the world. Come out of the world. If you've been going to secular things and you say that you are a Christian, stop going. You are defiling the temple of God. If God dwelling in you, you are defiling the temple of God. If you taken, amen. Partake with some of your friends and you drink or you smoke because you are with them and you say that you are a Christian, you are taking partakers of the world. Jesus Christ will not live in no filthy temple. Our God that we serve is a holy God. Israel neighbors, they were given to live a debauchery and lascivious behavior. They just live any type of way they wanted to live and expect from the Lord is to deliver them and bring them out. And especially when they got in trouble, amen, they wanted to call on the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But when, amen, thing was not going, amen, uh, as well, they did what they wanted to do. But they were to live separated. They, they were to live unto the Lord. That's what they, they were. Israel was to live unto the Lord. That's under the law. Through Israel, through Israel, God established a pattern for his people to be a holy and a separated nation. God told Israel, you got to be holy. Now, and you got to be separated from the other nations. The other nations are worshiping idol gods, idolatry, marrying uh, 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 other nations. I don't want you to do that. But Israel would not hear. Israel is just like, amen, everyone else, amen, in the world today. They are disobedient. They got pride and they stubborn. And they rebel against the law of God. Now, in the Corinthian, amen, society, where the world most licentious city, in its time, Corinthian was associated with every kind of vile behavior, imagination, 
near the informed temple of Asteroid. 1,000 religious prostitutes carried on their activity surrounded by bars, barters, gambling, and amusements. They were just having themselves a good hold-down time. Prosecuting, amen, prostituting, carrying on activity, bars, brothels, gambling, amusement, prostitute males, and females. And calling on the name of the Lord. They was rampaging in their wealth merchant in their navy town. Town was wealthy, and they just was living it up. Worldly minded people from all over the Mediterranean area came there in judging their lust because of its lack of standards and morality. Sports events were also a major part of their life. And I look around in North America, and I basically can see the same thing. Amen. We have certain towns, amen, that we can specify and say people that, amen, they flock to these towns because the wide open slot machine, praise the Lord, is everywhere. Sin is enticing everywhere. And you find, amen, Christian is right there. We call it, amen, pulling on them one-eyed jack, trying to win money. But you are in the world, and that's not the Lord. Amen. Every two years, the Ishmaelite games were held in honor of the pagan gods. There was a game that held, amen, the uh, Pogon, God of the sea. Amen, the God of the sea. There was a game held every two years. Everybody would come to these sports events looking just to have a good time, not recognizing the Lord nowhere. They don't forgot the Lord. Come out of the world. Come out of the world. We are so anxious right now, praise the Lord, is to get back to our games, amen, our sport games, amen, that is televised everywhere. Everybody's waiting on millions of dollars has been, amen, spent, amen, for different places to be built. But come out of the world. I'm talking about Christ, saints of God. Sometimes, amen, you can't get, uh, uh, the sinners can't get there for the saints of God getting there. But, but where sin abounds, the grace do much more abound. Where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. Romans 5 and 20, where the goodness of the Lord is. The light of the gospel often shines the brightest where the night is dark. Well, the gospel shines the brightest where, amen, the night is dark. The disillusionment and despair of sin level, people, they hunger for deliverance from bondage. After establishing the church in Corinth, Paul wrote two epistles, 
to the believer that included instructions and principles that are part of the inspired word of God. It appears that the Corinthians had difficulty with carnality separated from their own lifestyle, adultery, and gluttony. They didn't want to separate, amen, from their lifestyle. They were gluttony. And they, amen, they were committing adultery, and they were committing fornication. They didn't want to come out of that. That was their lifestyle. They didn't want to change. But Apostle Paul was in the midst of this. Amen. And Apostle Paul had to deal with this kind of behavior. The sound teaching of Paul, amen, to the Corinthian church provide us with exalting and guidelines for godly living today. Moreover, amen, the Corinthian society could be synopsis with modern time because the same sin rampage in the world then is, amen, is right here among us today. That same sin. Sin is sin. I don't care what generation there is, amen. Sin is sin. The culture may be different, but amen, that old sin is the same sin. What? It was sinner. Calling someone a sinner has almost become an archery. Amen. In North American culture. Amen. Calling somebody a sinner today, amen. It, it don't mean no much. It don't mean no too much because everybody, amen, is saved today. According to their belief, amen, everybody believes, amen, in their God. They say today, by God. But it's still described a scripture polite of mankind. Corinthian, amen, was a city filled with sinners who needed God. And Paul preached Jesus Christ crucified to them. Now that is, amen, fulfilled in America and all over the world, amen. We got a world full of sinners. And they need, amen, preachers to preach Jesus Christ crucified. Jesus Christ is their hope. Jesus Christ is their deliverer. We need some preachers, amen, that will stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether it will take you out of this world or whether it will exalt you, we need some preachers is to preach Jesus. Not themselves, not getting rich, but preach Jesus. Preach that the wedges of sin and death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The problem between the Corinthians and our world today are numbered. As Corinthian was given to pleasure seeking, they that's what they were after, man. And what is the churches after today? Pleasure seeking. So is our world today. They are after pleasure seeking. Want to have fun. I would come up. I would come to Jesus, and I would give up all the way. If I didn't have to stop some of my pleasures. This is 
what we're facing today. If I didn't have to give it up all, I would come to Jesus. I, I love Jesus too. I go to church. I pray. But you ain't willing to give up all of it. And if you ain't willing to give up all of it, God won't accept none of it. North America casinos, amen, uh, being built to hold the throne of people seeking the change and thrill of gambling. All North American casinos, amen, is full. Yes, you got Christians, amen, all out there in the casino trying to win them some money. No Christian ain't got no business out there in no casino trying to win them some money. Also, at Corinthians, was given to sports. Sports. So is North America and many other nations of the world. They're given to sports. They gamble. They bet on these ball games. You don't know how much money, amen, being put out on these sports, these games. How many millions of dollars being spent on these games. And you really think it's a game, amen. It's a way of profit or making money. Their existence in our world is mad. Headlong is poised to endure sports events from the time children are in a preschool throughout the rest of their life. Too many people. The world of sport dominates their lives and is an uh, addict. Amen. Bringing up your children. And don't let them be a certain specimen. Amen. Skinny, tall. My God. They, 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 that's going to be a basketball player. Putting that in the child's mind before, amen, that child can even develop. And all that child see is playing sports. Putting that addictive spirit in that child. Sadly, our society exercises adultery in an extremely, extra, extra affairs as normal. The multitude problem uh, parade homosexuals in the street. Not all the meter. This is the world. Exercising, amen, all kind of homosexual, uh, uh, amen, lesbian in the street throughout the meter and what we do. We want to join it. I'm talking about Christian. We want to join the parade. We want to march with them. No! Come out from among them, says the Lord, and be separated. The wild pursuer of flesh pleasure, it dominates music, clothes, fashion, and worldly entertainment. Paul was disturbed that the Corinthians believed could not discern between carnality and spirituality. They couldn't, they couldn't discern between uh, carnality. And spirituality. It seemed, amen, that they had been 
so conditioned by their surrounding that sin no longer should them. They were condoning outright sin and living as it as if it were perfected, acceptable, and right. What is sin? We I don't we don't know what sin is no more. Lying ain't no sin, smoking ain't no sin, drinking ain't no sin, pardon ain't no sin. That's the way they believe. They thought that they were right. They were calling good evil and evil good. However, sin is still wrong. I don't I don't care how we try to justify it, sin is still wrong. It is Dirty, an individual must repent of their sin or they will perish. Luke 13, 3 and 5. If you don't repent of your sin, you are going to perish. You can ignore the preachers all day long and you don't want to hear the gospel. You can read it and you don't want to accept it. It doesn't make any difference. If you don't repent of your sin, you're going to perish. And repent of me, you turn around and go another way. Not repent and keep on doing the same thing that you were doing. True believers in Jesus Christ should renounce sin in this world. True believers will renounce sin in this world. I'm living in the world, but I'm I'm not of the world. I'm living in this world, but you you won't catch me in no bar because I don't have no business in no bar. You won't catch me on a circular uh, a ballroom floor. I don't have no business there. You don't catch me, amen, using dope because I don't smoke dope. They must name it, hate it, preach against it, cease from it. This is a Christian. They must, amen, they must name it. They must hate it, preach against it. Cease from it and separate it from it, or they will be lost. If you, amen, uh, cling to these things like the world is, you're going to be lost. Cease from it and separate from it, or they will be lost. Certainly we live in this world, but we are not to be of the world. We're living in it, but we are not to be of it. How plain that is. Two incompatible lifestyles. Unequally yoked. We are not to be, amen, unequally yoked. Paul used an analogy of a yoke to describe a person trying to live for God while uniting with an unbeliever. In this situation, two people are pulling in two directions and creating a mass confusion and pain. When you're in, when you're unequally yoked, you're, you're only hurting your own self. Pulling one way and the other one is pulling the other way. One trying to do right and the other one is trying wrong. You ain't did nothing but create a big mess. We cannot 
be yoked together in relationship with unbelievers without creating serious problems. You can't, you can't, you ain't going to live no peaceable and holy life with an unbeliever without creating serious problems. Often a spouse turns to God and, and experiences salvation while the other remains living in sin, which can cause misery for the one who is living for the Lord. While the unbelieving spouse comes to salvation or not, the marriage vow remains a holy obligation. Often the believing spouse will win the unbelieving spouse to Christ. Now, that is the amen. People are tempted to that and say, well, I can go and marry that man and I can bring that man that man unto Jesus Christ. That does not work all the time. Ever so often that might work. If a believer chooses to go outside the faith and marry an unbeliever, however, he or she is violating the teaching of Scripture. If you go on outside, and do what the Lord told you not to do, you violating the scripture. But remember, you must present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. You don't know when the Lord is coming after you. The world in general does not have to be ended for the Lord is to come after you. Untold numbers of hard wretched stories exist. When a man or woman marries someone outside the church with the intent of winning that individual to God later, but instead the believer lives a life of heartache and regret. They thought it was going to be all right, but they didn't. Amen. They're living a, a life of heartache and regret because they didn't belong together in the very beginning. That's what the Bible says. What God has done together, let no man put us under. If God has done it together, it, it can stay there. But if you make it happen, it ain't going to stay there. When we are living for God, our bodies become the temple of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. Our bodies, whole bodies, belong to Jesus Christ. When we're living for the Lord, our whole body, soul, and mind belong to Jesus. We live a life that contrasts with that of the sinner because Jesus is our Lord and he's our master. A sinner serves sin. A sinner serves sin, the devil and the flesh. That's what a sinner serves. Sin, the devil, and the flesh. Can I witness to that? Yes, because I used to be a sinner. I served sin, the devil, and the flesh. But now I come to Jesus. I'm separated. I don't serve sin anymore. I don't serve the devil anymore. And I don't serve the flesh anymore. Even I'm living in the flesh. 
but the desire of a believer are different because he is a new creature in Christ Jesus. Yes, we have been bought with a price. Now we don't belong to ourselves no more. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We don't serve the devil. We don't serve the flesh. And we don't serve the lust of the flesh. Jesus, through the new birth experience, therefore the two contrast lifestyle will never mix any more than light and darkness or dispel the other one. Light and darkness just don't mix together. Amen. Light is light and darkness is darkness. Paul spoke of unequally yoke also applies to other areas of our lives. Many believers have found themselves in serious trouble when they form business partnership with unbelievers. It ain't no good, amen, for a Christian is to form businessship with unbelievers. They can totally agree in the beginning and when business pick up, from experience, amen, I can tell you, you can be in serious trouble. Because, amen, that unbeliever can change on you. And now you're in a world of trouble to put all your goods in there and that believer is alive. And unbelievers are lying. We are desired friendship. And when win others to the Lord by befriending them. Even Jesus was a friend to the publican sinners. He was a friend to them. It's all right to be friendly with them. But you don't let them win you over. We have a side to stand on in uh, when we are in Christ Jesus. We ought to let everybody know, amen, we stand in for righteousness. Regardless of what your party is, we stand for righteousness. However, we should be cautioned and certain that we affect our friends to lead them to the Lord instead of friendship affecting us to lead us astray. Amen. If we can't win them to the Lord, well, certainly, amen, we can't let them win, uh, 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 let them, amen, lead us astray. We can't get on their carnality side. If we can't bring them on the spiritual side, amen, we got to leave them. These kind of friends, amen, friendship exists for the purpose of providing spiritual association and leading the lost to salvation. That's what, amen, we are to be, amen, leading the lost to salvation, not just getting immune with them, amen, because they have some kind of popularity or they got, amen, some kind of name and they're famous, and we want to, amen, just uh, go along with them because they have a famous name and they know us, and we want to, amen, be uh, uh, friendship with them because we want people to know, amen, we know so and so and so on. No, if we can't win you to Jesus Christ, we got to let you go. 
Hence, we should carefully choose our closest friends. Constantly question whether we are affected our world or whether it is affecting us. When Lot moved near Sodom, he kept his distance at first and was vexed with perverse living. Sodom, amen. Lot was a righteous man, and he moved near Sodom at first, and he kept his distance. But he could hear them with their perverse languages and see them doing perverse things. And after a time, however, he, he was enticed more and more by Sodom. He moved into Sodom. He got closer and closer to the devil. When you see the world, amen, and all his activity, it seemed to be good to you, amen. Sometimes, amen, you stayed away from it. But now it sounds better and sounds better to you. He moved, amen, more and more to Sodom. And eventually, man was elevated to a place of authority in the city. He come on and joined them. See how righteous man would do, fell into the world? He not only moved into Sodom to live, but Sodom philosophy got into his family. They come to be part with each other. If you ain't careful, you're going to be part of this whole world. They'll tell you, don't take all this for you to be a Christian. You can come out and associate with us. You can still have a good time. You still can be saved. Then the devil tell Eve, the day that you, God told Eve, the day that you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. And the devil told Eve, God didn't say that. The devil is always lying. He always has been a liar. They, amen, that he, amen, disobeyed God, he began to spiritually die. Her daughters were affected by the prevailing attitude until they were able to excuse incense with their father after leaving the city. His wife left her hard there. We're talking about, amen, uh, Lot wife. Left her heart inside him. And you know the story. She turned, amen, and she turned, amen, back and uh, 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 and looked it and took her life and made her a, a memorial to the consequence of sin. God told her when, you get, when you're going out of Sodom, amen, uh, don't look back. When you, in other words, when you go out of the world, don't look back to come back into it. He made a, a memorial of the consequence of sin. She turned to a pillar of salt. When the Israelites left Egypt, they had lived there so long that they didn't for it when they were in the wilderness. They had left Egypt, but Egypt was still in their hearts. See, some of us, amen, don't never leave the world. The world is still in our heart. But you got to come out from among them and be ye separated, says the Lord. Come out of the world. But Egypt was still in their heart. Egypt, a mixed multitude that created problems from them later. They did not make a clean break with Egypt. And they have by 
they later long to return to Egypt. If you don't make a clean break from the world, you long to turn back to this old world. When you hear the music and the sounds of this old world, you're going to want to go back out there. When you can see your friends, amen, seem like they're having so much pleasure. If you don't make a clean break, you're going to want to go back. But come out of the world and be ye separated, says the Lord. The Dr. Moore saying, God bless you in front of your land. Come out of this old world. Jesus is coming back at his church. He's a fast blemish of winter. I in this church saying, he's coming back soon. God bless you. That beautiful card from Dr. Moore tonight. We appreciate him for letting us know about God coming back and everything that has to do with it. We are so grateful for these different topics and different biblical studies that we're able to learn. We say we love you, God bless, and Godspeed. We'll be back on Sunday from Ritual Facebook Church at 1130 a.m. If you're on Facebook, tune in live. God bless. Good night, everybody. If not Sunday, We'll be back Wednesday for prayer and Thursday again for Bible study. Bye-bye. You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's Crispy Chicken Biscuit for only $3. At any size soft drink for just a dollar, and you'll get your day started on a high note. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.